the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. Truly is risen. Not too many more days we can say this. Of course, we are like St. Seraphim of Sarah, who would say that is the greeting year-round to anyone that we ran into. Today we hear this amazing gospel story. One of the longest pericopes that we read, maybe along with that one that we read on the Sunday before the Nativity, where we hear all the ancestors of Christ. It's a very long gospel, but a profound gospel. We hear the amazing healing of this man. And it's not really clear in the English when we read it, but the church fathers are very clear this man was born without eyes. And that's why at the end of the gospel, he says, never has it been heard that a man who was born blind, as it says in the English, was healed. He was given eyes by Christ. So it's a, an amazing miracle. But what's more amazing than that is his boldness of faith as a result of this. Because he really, he tells it to those Pharisees, doesn't he? You read that gospel and you go, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he stands boldly before these leaders who will expel him from the church, from the temple, rather. These leaders who have all the power to make him a pariah in society. And yet he stands boldly before them and confesses Christ. And so this, we see how his parents didn't have that faith. Something had arisen in him, a great faith had arisen. In the hymns for this feast day, or this, this Sunday, talks about how he was given sight in two ways. He went from darkness into light. It says in one of the hymns, by your immaculate touch, you illumined in both ways the man who was deprived of sight from his mother's womb. So he received a twofold enlightening, the enlightening of the eyes of his body and the enlightening of the eyes of his soul, of his noose. In the gospel, our Lord said, the gospel that we read today, he says, I am the light of the world. This theme of light and darkness is throughout the gospels, throughout our entire spiritual life. And we have seen this theme if we look back at the gospels all through the Paschal season. We have this great feast of joy and of lightness of Pascha. Just last Sunday, we had the Samaritan woman who was enlightened indeed to understand what the living waters were. She was thinking they were physical water, water from a well that would make her thirst no longer. And then she was enlightened to see that this is the Holy Spirit coming upon her, that this one standing before her is the Messiah. And we see with the paralytic by the pool of Bethesda how he was looking for healing in one place and he was enlightened by the act of Christ who asked him, do you want to be healed? To see that the source of the healing is God himself who was there incarnate before him. And we see with the Sunday of Thomas how Thomas was enlightened, an apostle who was so enlightened already and yet all the more so, he made this great proclamation, my Lord and my God. But then Pascha is the greatest lightness of all, of the entire liturgical year, of our entire life, is the resurrection of Christ, that dawn on the third day. 
in the Stichera that we sing all through the Paschal season. We just sang them in Orthros and we sing them in Vespers. It says for the Doxastikon, it is the day of resurrection. We all know this hymn if you've been in the church for a long time. It's the day of resurrection. Let us shine brightly for the festival and also embrace one another. Brethren, let us even say to those who hate us, let us forgive everything in the resurrection. You see what the hymn is saying? It's saying, let us shine brightly for the festival. How do we shine brightly? It tells us. Let us say even to those who hate us, let us forgive everything in the resurrection. This is how we shine brightly. This is how we are illumined, is in forgiveness. And thus let us cry aloud, Christ is risen from the dead, by death trampling down upon death, and to those in the tombs granting life. So our shining brightly is an illumination of our news, an illumination of our soul. In other feasts, we see the same theme of light and darkness. The Festival of Lights, the Feast of Lights, which is the Feast of Theophany, has many references to illumination. Even the name of the feast, Theophany or Epiphany, means a revealing, a revealing of God. And in Nativity, we have the, the Apolitikian of Nativity talks about the Son of Righteousness, S-U-N, not S-O-N. In English, it makes this nice little transition, S-O-N and S-U-N. But it says the Son, S-U-N, of Righteousness. He is the light of righteousness. And in that hymn of Nativity, it says, your nativity, Christ our God, has shined the light of wisdom on the world. Christ is the light, and he illumines those who are in darkness. This is what the Gospel of John was all about, light and darkness from the very beginning, talking about the word of God who became in the flesh and dwelt among us, and the darkness could not overcome. He is the son of righteousness. He shines upon us all, not just righteousness, but all that is of God. Love and joy and peace and forgiveness and patience. All of these are things that we receive from him like rays from the sun. Because he's the source of these things. And if we just listen to the gospel and don't relate it to ourselves, we don't get the full benefit of it. Fortunately, the hymns of the church transition the story of this one blind man into the story of all of our blindness. In one hymn in particular, it says, the eyes of my noetic soul, that means the, my, the soul, my noose, have become blind, O loving Lord, because of dark and sinful deeds. O Savior, lead me to the light, implant in me humility, Master, and purify me with tears of repentance. Even though in the gospel this illumination appears to be this great one-time thing, certainly with his physical eyes, that's a one-time healing. He doesn't need to be healed of blindness anymore with his physical eyes. But the healing of the blindness of our soul is a perpetual action. It's something that keeps unfolding before us in as much as we are willing to receive it. And that's where this hymn, this is really kind of the center of what we learn in this gospel as it relates to us. Again, it says, Savior, lead me to the light, implant in me humility, Master, and purify me with tears of repentance. 
You see, we can't be healed of blindness unless, unless we know that we're blind. For the man in the gospel, it's rather obvious. His physical blindness was so tragic. And one of the hymns that also talked about, I'm not something to the effect of, I'm not a good person to ask about whether it's day or whether it's night. So he was living the blindness so clearly and profoundly with his physical eyes. And yet each of us are so very blind. But because it's a hidden blindness inside of us, we don't see it so often. We live in a world of blindness. Everywhere around us is blindness. Blindness of ego, most centrally. Blindness of hatred. Blindness of judgment. Blindness of envy. All of these ways in which we are blinded. And the world teaches us to be that way. We're justified by what we think. We're justified to have these views, to have this hatred, to have this animosity, to deserve the best things for us. This is what we're taught. And all of this is adding more blindness upon us. But that hymn that I read earlier, it gives us the key. It says, implant in me humility, Master, and purify me with tears of repentance. This is our path out of the blindness. Why is humility so central to that? Why is that the first thing that we need? Because it is in humility that we can begin to see how blind we are. We can't heal our blindness. It's not even our role to heal our blindness. Our role is simply to see our blindness. To see our blindness and ask our Lord for healing. But we can't do that if we don't see it. Fortunately, our God loves us more than we love ourselves. And so he nudges us along the way. Giving us situations in which our blindness is revealed to us. And in those situations, that's our Lord saying to you, do you want to be healed? Now we can look at those situations which are usually frustrating, maybe even traumatic, very upsetting, or we see something ugly inside of ourselves, or we see how, what in an ugly way we're treating others. And in those situations we can despair, or we can ignore it or excuse ourselves, but rather our Lord is saying, here's your blindness. Do you want to be healed? So humility is central to that because humility is where we can begin to see we're really nothing. We're nothing except what God has made us. All of our value, all of our glory, all of our virtue, all of our talents, these are all of God. They're all from God. And me, if I were left to my own, I would be nothing except that God has richly endowed me and continues to richly endow me. And I take all those endowments that God has given me and I say, those are mine actually. I'm the one that accomplished that. I'm the one that did this. I am the one who has these virtues. And in doing so, I blind myself. So humility is at the heart of seeing our blindness. But then that second part in the hymn, it says, and purify me with tears of repentance. 
And it's kind of poignant that we're talking about blindness, a man with no eyes, and we're talking about tears. Because the tears of repentance don't have to be with our physical eyes. They can be. But the tears of repentance are an internal brokenness of heart, a good brokenness of heart, in which we see our weakness, we see our brokenness, and we bring it to God. So it is through the humility that we begin to see our blindness, and with repentance that we ask God to heal our blindness. And this is our perpetual journey. Our Lord gives us this gospel every year so that we can see there are many ways of blindness, and some of them are very obvious. But we read this gospel so that we can see that our blindness most often is hidden to us. We must search it out, seek it from God in humility, and repent, repent, repent. Amen.